Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. It's Ask Dave number 13. Let's punish him with tons of questions tonight. Make him wish he can go home. <laughs> ah, no, nah. I'm just kidding. Um, no, we want to. Uh, I will be burping up my tacos, though, that I just woofed down. Yeah, I had a tuna melt. At least no one out there can actually smell the burp. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't have that feature yet on YouTube. No, it, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay because it was like hot sauce and stuff. And yeah, it's not not pretty. Do you um? So I I'm like really into hot sauce these days. Uh, it's been for a while. Do you go for like really hot on the tacos? Or, well, I mean, like a normal taco place would wouldn't generally have extremely hot. I don't know. I see. I don't know what any anyone's tolerance is here. So I, um, well, I mean, are you getting like, are you going up to like ghost pepper stuff, or are you just getting like a habanero sauce or something? Well, like, at taco place, they wouldn't have anything that hot. I mean, right. they, you know, they might have something that's good and hot, but not like put you on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I want that necessarily on my taco because it's going to be. <laughs> It kind of ruins the enjoyment of the actual food. Yeah, yeah. If it gets too hot, it does ruin the environment. Yeah, the, the food. Yeah. Um, but there's a nice happy medium with a little pain with the food. I kind of like it. <laughs> some of the best, um, um, some of the best hot sauces out there are. I, maybe I mentioned it a long time ago, but Blair's. The Blair's brand hot sauce. Oh, yeah. uh, they make the death and after death sauce and the sudden death sauce and the and uh, uh, those those will hurt you. <laughs> Some more than others. They have them in progressing amounts of heat. Right. But um, yeah, those they're they're pretty tasty. They're pretty good. They're they're probably one of the better, I think, uh, hot sauce brands out there. You know who I like is uh, if you want hot. Like better tasting, really hot. Right. Well, Michael Anthony has great sauces. I haven't actually tried any of his. They're really good, and they can get really hot. Um, you can get them at the Van Halen store. That's where I get them from. Uh, so I do get. Um, I do get um, Dexter Holland's from the Offspring. His Gringo Bandito sauces. Those aren't extremely hot, but they're mm. good tasting sauces. Oh well, I'm, I want. He has three ones. different kinds. They sell it in every grocery store, almost. Hmm. Not here, Gringo Bandito. Yeah, Gringo. they might. You should look. Huh, okay. Probably be in the condiment section, like where they have marinades and things. I'm learning all kinds of things about food tonight. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are just mellow. They're not like you know. They're you know in the vein of a. Tapatio or something, or like maybe a little hotter than that. But they, there's a green and then like a, a red that's extra hot, supposedly. But well, no, there's a green, a red, and then an extra hot red. Extra hot is not hot, but they all taste good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Michael Anthony's takes tastes really good too. So, yeah. so. Well, anyway, I hope you guys are all doing <clears throat> doing well. Uh, it's Thursday night. We're doing the show because uh, I'm traveling tomorrow and. I think you're going away or um, no? Not tomorrow, no. Oh, you were okay. So, yeah, um, it just didn't am, work out for me. I'm going on vacation at the end of the month. Are you? Yeah. Cool. Where are you going? Lake Tahoe. Very nice. 
Yeah. Should be I, fun. Uh, I need a vacation. You going for a week? Um, yes. I'll be gone a week. Good. Good for you. A week without work. Well, except emails. <laughs> well, try try to try to enjoy it. Oh, I will. Uh, it, you know, you got to keep answering the emails. Otherwise, you come back to 500. That's true. That's and true. and trying to get through 500 is not fun. Yeah. I, I have to say, I can never turn off from the emails either when I was on vacation. So <laughs> uh, uh, we got Lawrence saying hi from Alaska. What's Hello. He was wearing his It Depends shirt today. Oh. Awesome. Uh, someone from uh, Germano. Oh, Speaking of that, on a t-shirt idea, someone said something to me in an email. Um, this, the tagline would be, just buy both. Just buy both. <laughs> yeah. Evidently, it's something we've said before. Yeah, you, you have said that, too. <laughs> so that, that's a good one. Yeah, that, that could be a t-shirt also. Just buy both. Yeah, I like that. Or just get both. I can't remember how he said buy or get one of the two. You guys decide. How about that? Tell us what you want. <laughs> yeah, just buy or get both. Just let us mm -hmm. know. Huh. I like that. That's good. Um, we've got a, uh, oh, German, Germano Moscani. Hello from Godforsaken Malta in Europe. <laughs> All right. Hello. I've never been to Godforsaken Malta. Neither um, I. Yeah. Michael Odunskrit, Odrusik, uh, Andrusik. Uh, here's his question, actually. Dave, what would be the difference, if any, between running a small box pedal into an actual small box amp on the Plexi channel set cleanish opposed to the BE channel? Redundant? Um, uh, might be, you could do that. Um, might be a little redundant, although maybe the small box might, if, if the Plexi channel has a little bit of grit, maybe it might be able to get you actually a, a tad more gain even than the BE channel. Uh, and that's a good question. Um, I don't know, I'll, I'll have to try that. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, you would get different tone, obviously. Yeah, you get different tones. You could set it differently. You could different amounts of gain, however much or less little you want. <clears throat> I mean, it will work. I mean, personally, I wouldn't do that. You know, I'd probably put it, I'd put a different pedal if I was going to set the uh, Plexi channel clean because that's the small box pedal. It depends really. on what you're shooting for. Are you shooting yeah. for more gain than the BE or are you shooting for something in between the BE and the and the Plexi channel? Um that's what I would be shooting. For I, I don't know. It depends, you know, again, our t-shirt, it depends. <laughs> how, yeah. how what's your ideas behind that? You can't go wrong either way though. It's a great pedal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really good. Um Mike K Hey guys, I'm not sure if it's possible, but I would love to get uh, if you can get Ty Tabor in here. Love to know how to get they get the mixes so great on their albums. Uh, well, we could probably make that happen. <clears throat> I mean, Pete had him on his show, and so I don't see why uh, we couldn't did, maybe make that happen. Did he really? I yeah, I don't, I don't remember Pete having him. Yeah, on. okay, that's cool. 
I yeah, he did. I must have missed that one. Um, yeah, that'd be great if people could help us out. Uh, oh, by the way, before I ju keep jumping into questions here, we got to um, talk about our sponsors, right? Uh, yes. So uh, first it would be Sweetwater. So guys, make sure you go to Sweetwater. Use our link below and purchase um, you know anything you can from Sweetwater and you you know capo strings t-shirt yeah uh, Sweetwater Friedman amp <laughs> Friedman amp exactly uh, anything help us out help it, the channel out it helps the channel out. <laughs> doesn't cost you anything and um, and then the other is fixpedalboards.com right fixpedalboards.com our new uh new um well our new sponsor uh you know he he does a lot of pedalboard risers and brackets and uh, sliding rack trays and there's some more stuff coming that uh will be super cool for for a variety of uh your pedalboard needs so to speak uh a little bit of trivia Tim, who runs this, uh, also makes all our amp chassis and Soldanos and Morgans and everything else under the sun. <laughs> yep. Tim, Tim makes all that stuff. So that's great. Uh, mm -hmm. we want to thank Tim for doing that. Thank you so much. And <clears throat> I'm drinking a little bit of Tim's tequila that he bought me also as a, as a drink sponsor. Can't go wrong with that. Um, just having a little tonight and a beer. I, I actually I'm not drinking tonight. I'm just uh, going with the Gatorade and a little water. Um, well, and then during the Nam, uh, Thomas uh, Blug stopped by here apparently when I wasn't here one day. Oh and no! He, and he left some beer, so I have a Corona thanks to Thomas. Very nice. <laughs> Thomas is the man. Um. I can't wait for him to see what his Amp X is going to be. Yeah. I know he unveiled an early version of it at NAMM. Mm -hmm. um, so I also, before we get started also, I want to let you guys know, I've got some stuff for sale. If anybody wants to uh, purchase... Uh, what do you my, got? What do you got? My, my leftover gear. Um, I've got a Morgan Abbey Amp. Ah, that's cool. Okay. Uh, you want to sound like Tom Petty or the Beatles? Um, Works good. Cool amp. Uh, I also have this Star guitar. Oh, that's cool, though. I know. Well, if someone wants to buy, it, I'm just—it's just so redundant. All you lefties out there, there's a cool guitar. Yep, I built it from Warmoth parts and original Floyd Rose. Uh, so I will throw a price out. Uh, I'm going 1100 on the Morgan uh, and 1100 on the guitar. So that's a good deal. So um, that's all I have for now. So if anybody's interested, just. Uh, and I still, on the last show, I showed a Red Friedman uh, guitar that is still for sale. So uh, you might want to go reference our last show and check that out. Because otherwise I have to get up and go get it. <laughs> <laughs> um you can hit me up at guitar no i'm sorry uh tone talk mark at gmail.com tone talk mark m-a-r-c at gmail.com 
So, all right. Um, let's move on. Germano Moscone. Dave, you must get Jerry Cantrell. Um, That's coming. Yes, we, we are working on it. I was hoping that we would be able to get Jerry in between the end of his solo tour and the beginning of the Alice in Chain tour, but it's just too little a break. Um, and uh, so then he's going on tour in August with Alice in Chain. So we'll just wait until he gets done with the tour, and it'll probably be sometime late October or November that we're hearing right yeah. now. But it is going to happen. Yep. Maybe it'll be the uh, end of the year special. Hopefully. Hey, cool. Um, so uh, I'll FedEx you the best lasagna ever if you do, and you should discuss both Mad and Pissed and even Marsha would be fun for sure. Okay. Um, uh, I'll take the lasagna. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see what we got here. Um, I know we have more super chats. Oh, did I did I put that up? I think I'm here. No. Yeah, I'm seeing a super chat here. Yeah, that was my bad. Okay, let's do that. Hey, guys, wondering if changing to a lower efficiency speaker is effective for mild attenuation. Looking at a replacement for Jensen P10R in a Fender Pro Junior version 4 for home use. Tone Talk is awesome. And that's uh, Squigsgar Malmsteen. Uh, thank you for the super chat. I love the name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're really going to get much um, lower um, efficiency speaker than a, a P10R. Um, it's already not, you know, a hugely efficient speaker. <clears throat> so I don't think you're really going to get much by it. And if it sounds good with that speaker, then just leave it alone because that's a cool amp. It is a good amp. It's it's really good. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I wish it weren't. If I if I were to improve it, just that it wasn't so loud, <laughs> just a little bit lower. You need a little baby attenuator with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good amp. It's probably one of the best buys out there in terms of uh, you know, Fender stuff. Uh, El yeah, Scott Music. Cool. Hey Dave, fancy seeing you on here. <laughs> Any chance you'll do a semi? I just, I, I just saw Lauren. <laughs> he was here physically. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so hard to get guitars out the door these days. I don't think that's happening anytime in the near future. Uh, although it would be kind of cool. It, it we we could do it. I mean, it's not. It's it's easy to do, but um, not right now. Mm. Okay. Uh, Robert Bog Bogdan, I'd like to know what amp you think is the best. You know, best is a dumb word that you've ever played. Maybe the amp you've enjoyed the most. Hmm. Oh. Best amp I've ever played and enjoyed the most. You know, I have to I have to say that it's probably my 68 50 watt plexi that I own that that I've owned for years. I've owned it since like 1990. Um I think that still goes down for me as one of the best that I've ever played. But 
that's for me personally. You know, that doesn't mean it will appeal to everyone. Um, I played a couple train wrecks that were amazing amps. Not not the one Pete had here, although that was an amazing amp. But uh, the uh, I played another Liverpool at one point in time that was unbelievable. Hmm. Um, you can almost categorize that. What's the best Fender style amp, or what's well, that's the where best, I was kind of going? You know, because there's so many styles of amps. I mean, I you know, I, I also have an amazing Copper Top Vox AC30 that I wouldn't trade or sell for the world. You know, right. Uh, at all i mean um no and those are all great amps i mean i suppose everything has a price but, <laughs> but those are all amps that you have right <laughs> yeah i mean everything has a price i guess so i guess everything is possibly for sale but uh the ugly figures for some of the ones that i really love yeah um you know there's only been a few amps for me that I've tried that have, I mean, that I would say the best. Um, I, I mean, I absolutely love the BE 100 you made for me. I mean, I mm -hmm. play that all the time. That's probably why I blow tubes on it because <laughs> I always have it on. Um, no, they're just JJ tubes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I did play a two rock one time. Mm hmm. A, one guy one time i was selling a cab and a guy came over with a two rock head and that was the best clean tone i ever fucking heard i was like holy crap that is amazing i've I've, I've never owned a two rock or a mm -hmm. one but i was like wow that is yeah it's good yeah really sounded good. awesome. yeah sure for sure um and then there's a couple 55 or early 50s tweeds that i played that were awesome uh i just played one recently at the guitar broker down here in Fort Lauderdale. I played through a '50s Tweed Deluxe, mm -hmm. and uh, so I was going through all the vintage amps, playing through them, and uh, and of course I picked the one that was his private amp. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, that one's not for sale." I was like, well, "Of course, that's the one that I love the most." Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, let's see. Brian Reed. Hey guys, I know you've answered this a million times, but the JJ Dr Jr. Drive channel, just like the BE, correct? Correct? Um, yes. Um, yes, it's essentially a BE channel with maybe one part different that ever so slightly gives it a smidge thicker and a little tiny bit more gain but i mean pretty subtle though and the power section of the amp of course is voiced a little bit differently uh to get kind of a lower resonance um so, so it sounds a bit heavier mm. but you can do that like with a b100 deluxe you have the options to change the resonance frequency so you can you can get that so and then the the JBE essentially is a saturation circuit on top of the circuit that's in there. That just gives it more gain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Actually, close. Two parts difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it's subtle. I mean, if you had a BE channel and, and that channel BE and you dialed the knobs to mm -hmm. dial the sound in the same, it would be the same. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe they're set slightly different or something. Right. Um, Alex B., thanks for the super chat. Um, by the way, someone recently accused us of not thanking people for super chats. And I was like, I think we thank people for super chats all the time. I think uh, we do all the time at the beginning of the super chat. Yeah, I always say thank you. Um, and they also said the uh, the super chats are paying for all my gear, which I... That is definitely not true, people. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a job. Definitely not true. No, I have a job, and uh, the super chats are not paying for my gear. Please. Now you're going to have to give us a lot more super chats to do that. Yeah, quite honestly, I just moved a lot of my gear that I had into the room to make it look presentable for the show. You know, I... Mm -hmm. That's that's why I did it. I moved all my guitars kind of in the background, so it would look cool, um, or at least I think it looks cool. So anyway, uh, to address that, uh, but Dave, how how do the Saldano X eighty eight and X ninety nine compare to the SLO one hundred head? Well, okay, so um, in a lot of respects, the X eighty eight. Okay, first of all, I'm going to put this out there. I don't believe the X ninety nine sounds as good as the X eighty eight. It's a little mushier sounding to me and always was and was not extremely popular. Uh, the X88 was extremely popular. Um, with the X88 compared to an SLO 100, you have discrete channels. So you have the same um, third channel as the high gain SLO 100, but it's out without some of the flaws that were sort of built into the SLO 100, which was channel bleed between the channels and some compromised th things, so to speak. So you have a discrete, um, I, for the most part, a discrete lead channel and a discrete crunch channel. There's one common tube, but, uh, it, you know, it gives you... Uh, you know, it, I, I guess I guess what always would have been cool was putting the X88 in an SLO power section. I think that would have been the cool lamp. Hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure why that was never done. I thought that, I think that would be great. Hmm. Now the X99, remind me, that's the Caswell? One? Yeah. I mean, it was super cool because of the MIDI functionality of it, right. and motorized knobs and all that. But I never felt it sounded quite, quite as... I thought the X88 was a little tighter sounding. I'm not exactly sure why that is. Um, I'd have to look at the schematics to really figure that out. I've never, never had the. Uh, no one ever asked me to. So. <laughs> and then of course it wasn't we, very popular. And then of course we have the SP77, right? SP77, uh, SP66 before that too, wasn't it? The the there was the silver faced uh, two channel preamp. That was uh, made made in, in Japan. Japan, right? And then there was the purple is two channel one. The purple was better than the than the um the first one that came out. Oh, okay. So the first there one was heads. there was heads also that were tied oh, yeah. in with some of that. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've never seen it's a, a long time yet. ago. I have I have a series two SP seventy seven. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's not as tight as an S. I mean, you know, like I've got the SLO wherever I'm pointing here. Um, I'm not sure why that. Well, okay, uh, if you're talking a newer SLO, I know why that is because they actually shrunk a little base out of the front end. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the SP, the, that SP 77 series was great. Yeah, it sounds great. I yeah. remember putting it in all sorts of rig, except the clean channel hums a little bit. Yes. There's that's a known issue with it. If you turn it up loud, you can hear it. And yeah. I can't remember why that issue exists either. So hmm. I'm glad I got one when I did because now the prices on them are just going crazy on every. All well, the prices are that way with everything. I know. It's crazy. Uh, yes, Prue Ninja, throw some thumbs up, folks. Please do. And subscribe. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe. Um, click the bell and, uh, you know, uh, give us a follow. Uh, let's see. Dan Pfeiffer. What's up, Tone Talkers? Good evening. Max, Max Carlton Guitar had something. He said, Dave and Mark, what are some of the best places in L.A. to check out vintage slash used pedals and guitars? Hmm. Man, that's that's tough. Um, uh, you know, L.A. Vintage, maybe, but that's maybe not so much used stuff. Some used stuff. Um, they have two stores. Um, Club Norms, L.A. Vintage. I don't know the status of Norms right now, because uh, Norm, I don't he even know sick. the status of Norm. He was in the hospital. I think he's um, home now. From what I understand, he got went home, but I haven't heard an update since he's been. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm not sure if Norm is open or not. Oh, um, I, think I think they're open. Um, Norm's is is a great vintage uh, guitar store. Um, there, uh, I mean, True Tone Music in Santa Monica has some stuff, but I'm not so, so sure how much used. But they have a lot of newer stuff. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some because I just don't go. What about the Guitar Center that used to be famous that had all well, the... Well, the L.A. Guitar Center has a vintage room still, I think, the uh, in Hollywood. Um, I think it's worth a look. Um, I've never gone to that one. And I'm sure I'm not... There's some other stores that I just don't know the names of that I'm... Uh, Future Music somewhere. That's a place that... Uh, I forgot where they moved to. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, it's not quite the mecca it once was. There was once a store called uh, um, Guitar Guitar that was amazing here hmm. uh, a million years ago now. Um, but uh, wait, Guitar Guitar? No, I'm sorry. That might that's the place in England. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, that's. A place. Um, oh hell, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That place, I think Guitar Guitar had a lefty day or a lefty weekend oh, recently. Did they? Yeah, someone sent me the link. They're like, you need to go to England. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I would I would love to do that, though, just to play like tons of lefty guitars. Uh, let's see. Bill Lima. Dave, do you have any mods or suggestions to make a 2204 master volume more gradual? Mine goes from nothing to super loud. Yeah, something about those pots, man. Um, those pots were pretty brutal um, on those. Um, you can, although you start to mess with the tone a little bit, you can pat it down a little bit before the master um, so it uh, doesn't come on as quickly. Uh, you can also try a different taper master volume pot. I, those just seem to come on extremely fast. Um, 
could get an attenuator. Mm-hmm. Um, knock it down a couple dB. Yeah, um, I mean that's, for the a, that's a great uh, actually. To, to be honest, an attenuator with a twenty two or four is a great option because a twenty two or four cranked up is really interesting sounding. So you set you set your gain uh, at about six, right? And then you crank the master like to eight or ten, uh, and attenuate it down. So that's sort of the Warren Demartini thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it it's a really cool sound, and it's amazing what happens from like say six on the master to ten. <laughs> And you can get everywhere in between. So if you like it, it's say eight or seven or something. You can get it, but all of a sudden you get all this power amp drive up there, yeah. and then it turns it into a super gainy beast. You don't want the gain really high on the input because it'll get farty. Right. But uh, because it has a bright cap across the gain pot, you want it back like five, six, somewhere in there, seven maybe. And then it it has some cut to it, and but then you get all the extra gain from the power amp distorting. Super cool way to do it. Yeah, that sounds great. Maybe uh, get yourself, you know, a used power station, power station, or even a rock crusher, or uh, the Tone King um, attenuator. Hmm. Yeah, all of that's cool. Cool option. Cool, uh, Braxel. If I have a seventy-two with a master volume, would you take it out, or could it make where? Could I make it somehow where I can bypass until I want to use it without affecting the tone? I'm not sure what kind of master volume is installed on your 72 amp, so it wouldn't be original. Um, so I can't tell you if when it's on 10, it's out of the circuit or not. Uh, it could be if it's if it's a certain kind of master. So uh, you'd have to send me an email and send me a picture. I could tell you. Okay. Uh, Peter Laces, thanks for the super chat. Dave, you spoiled me. Thanks again for the killer. Fosse? Jose. Fosse? Oh, Fosse. Jose. Fosse. Friedmanize Jose. <laughs> Fosse. I like that. Oh. I'm, I'm going to start labeling Fosse. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm glad oh, you liked fun. it, Peter. Uh, I'm sorry it took uh, forever. <laughs> And ever and ever, it was like one of those COVID amps that was at my house that you know, um, just kind of sat much longer than I uh, wanted it to. But well, I got it done finally. Finally, and he's happy, so that's good. I only have a few of those left that I got to complete, so then I'm kind of caught up uh, with old stuff. Well, that's good. Not caught up, but caught up with old stuff. <laughs> Modern Vintage. Dave, can you recommend anyone who can paint older, worn, rackier faceplates different colors while keeping the original text or repainting it white? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, you can't really do that. You can't keep the original text. I mean, you'd have to strip the whole panel and have it all repainted, and then you wouldn't have the original text, and you'd have to do new artwork for it and get it silk screened. doesn't seem like it's something you should do. Hmm. That would be a lot of work for one faceplate. Yeah, exactly. All right. Pete Thorne says it depends. It depends. 
can't depend on depends. So, yeah, I, I agree with this statement. G nobody needs more gain than the BE channel. I really don't. I, I well, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm boggled by that myself, but that's, um, I agree. People often say that. And, uh, I, you know, I think it comes down to the player and hand strength. Uh, you know, you, you look at a player like Ed and he had incredible hand strength. He could play. I mean, there's some tapes out there where, you know, uh, um, where he was, uh, with, uh, Steven Rosen and he was sitting there with a completely clean, uh, either unplugged guitar or plugged into a fender. And, uh, and he literally plays every note, every harmonic of all his songs clean. Right, clean. And, but so it sounds the, and it had to do with hand strength, and and how you know how he was manhandling his guitar, so to speak, mm. and um, and you know I think it, it it can be done, but it takes um, practice, lots of practice. Can't hide behind the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, you know, it, it takes, uh, if you're used to all the gain and you get just slowly start backing it off, get more used to your playing with less gain. Yeah, there's ways you can sustain the note just with your hand, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. Stephen Douglas, Mark has a BMW for sale. <laughs> <laughs> That hurts, Stephen. That hurts. Slightly scratched. <laughs> that hurts, man. That that stings. It's still sitting in the driveway. I slightly gotta, scratched. If people don't know, I got into a car accident last Saturday, so I'm okay. Wife's okay, but uh, my ego and my car are not okay. <laughs> man. But whatever. Um, and yes, that Morgan is nice. If anybody wants it, hit me up. It's in perfect condition. I think it's called Driftwood is the uh the name of the mm -hmm. finish so um okay here brian wants to know about my champ dave is there a way any way to hook up mark's champ to a power station without permanently modding it sure you'd have to undo i mean permanently modding you'd have to undo the um the wires that are going to the speaker and you'd have to add a jack to it and then you could tack some other wires onto the speaker. I mean, just a simple way. You could tack some other wires onto a speaker and, you know, have it, you'd be able to plug it in or unplug it, and then you plug it into your power station. Sure, you can do that. Hmm. So okay. the, champ, the champ could be um, a 50-watt amp. And you, or 100 watt, the, or 100-watt. Or 100-watt, yeah, yeah. Yeah, PS100. Yeah. Um, but that would not be considered a permanent mod. Not really, because you could just undo the jack and solder the wires right back to the speaker. I mean, it's not really permanently modding anything. Huh. So, you know what I mean? You take the wires off the speaker and tack on a, uh, a three-quarter plug. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a guitar jack, and, and then you can plug in a speaker cable. You'll have to figure out how to, like, heat shrink it off or something. But, yeah, mm -hmm. it could be done. Hmm. All right. We'll have to talk about that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, because it would also be nice to be able to run it out if I wanted to into uh, to record into like a two notes. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Jason Tong is in the chat. What's hey, up, Jason? Jason. 
What up? How are you, man? Uh, okay, we got a bunch of super chats I got to get to. Uh, let's see. The legend, Jason Tong, as Simon Hosford said. <laughs> uh, okay. Joe Furla, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Dave, any recommendations on a delay and chorus that will sound good in front of a gainy amp for 80 style tones that uh, in front of an amp? Uh, yes. Some, something that won't wash out the core tone. Yes. The new uh, Robert Keeley Halo Delay. Hmm. So on the Halo Delay, there is a saturation knob. That's a secondary function. And when I, I tested it in front of a JJ Jr. amp with full gain on, and if you turn that saturation knob, uh, if you go to the secondary function and flip that knob to 10, it sounds fantastic in front of... Uh, I mean, you'll play with some other knobs, too. Maybe darken it a little bit. There's a way to darken it slightly a, a little bit. And The level uh, has to be low, right? And, and, yeah, but the level is really a smooth uh, taper, so it's not like comes on real instantly. Mm. So uh, it works flawlessly, and I talked to Robert about that, and he goes, yeah, I went for that. I wanted to do that. I wanted it to be able to be able to work in front of a gainy amp. Huh. And I'm like going, ah, cool. Yeah, well, it worked great. Can I have one? <laughs> I mean, I got one for myself. The Halo delay sounds amazing. Wow, I'll have to get one. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, and, and, it, and it works, of course, great in the loop of an amp also. Obviously, mm. you won't have the saturation all the way up there, but um, works fantastic in the loop of the amp also. You know what delay I got, but it's really hard to get, is the, the Sir Discovery. Oh, yeah. That sounds really good in front of an amp, too. That's cool for the total analog delay thing. Yeah. I mean, it's total vintage analog stuff. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen... I wonder if they're having a difficulty making them because um, they're really hard to find. I have no um, idea. Yeah, maybe because of the chips or... or Ask sure. Pete or John. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a great suggestion. The Keeley Halo. Um, let's see... More more guitars, thank you. Uh, hey guys, for Dave, from what you've seen when artists record, whether your amps or others, is it the guitarist that's setting up the amps and crafting, and or chasing the sound, or is it the producer? Could be either. Um, sometimes the guitar player really knows what he wants and what he's going for, and really is kind of experienced player and really really knows his stuff. And we'll sort of, here's my sound. At other times, it's the producer that is guiding guiding it and forcing them to, you know, not play their Line 6 Helix in the studio. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So it can go both ways. Hey, Peter, I got your uh, super chat. Uh, just be patient, guys. I promise I will get to them all. I promise. Um, we don't have a guest that has to run tonight. So, uh, what was Hendrix, Hendrix's Marshall? Was it modded at all? I don't think so. I think it was just, it was a stock. Um, well, that's a good question. What and when, and depends on what era exactly. But it, I mean, it was probably the stock Marshalls of the time, hundred watt super leads. Were they plexis or 
Uh, some of them could have been plexis, and some of them could have been metal panels. Mm. Um, but it would have been right at the transition. Because what year did he die? 70? 70. So it would have been right literally at the transition of to metal panel. Mm. Okay. Uh, so he could have used a variety of things, and I don't think he cared that much. You know. I think it was cranked up and set and fuzz-faced. Fuzz-faced, yeah. yeah. By the way, someone asked recently, they were having a trouble with their pink taco on Facebook. Did you see that question? Um, and they were saying that it's when they put their distortion or their fuzz in front of, you know, in front of the amp, it just didn't sound good. So someone told them to put the fuzz in the, in the loop. What? Yeah, that's what no. I, that, that was my face. I was like, no. Don't right. do that. Yeah. And then he said he did and he loved how it sounded. So okay, I was like, well, then great. <laughs> then do that. There's no, there's no right or no, wrong. Right. You know, like if you like a sound that something creates, then, then okay. Yeah. But that's not the traditional. Like if you're asking the masses on how to do something. Yeah. That wouldn't be it. Right. You, you probably didn't love it because it already had too much gain going on it to begin with. And what kind of fuzz? I don't know. You know, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I kind of found that to be odd, but you, yeah, but you're right. There's no rules. There's no rules. And and I like people that break the rules. So that's good. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think it, uh, you know, leads to experimentation. So uh, it's, it's not going to hurt it. Okay. So why not? Leroy Bullock. I have a fry at power station. 100. Love it. However, the last couple months I'm getting a really loud, then soft sounds occasionally like the attenuation turns off. It's weird. Any ideas? Hmm. I would suggest you contacting Fryette about it. Hmm. I mean, double check that your speaker cables are good, um, both on the input and the output of it. Try new ones for sure, you know, just to be sure. It could be something with the tubes in the Fryette. It could be something else. I, I don't know for sure. Maybe you blew it up completely. I don't know. <laughs> Um, let's see, keep going here. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I did get that question. All right. Did he ask it twice? Peter Laces, Dave, you spoiled me. Thanks for the killer Fossey. You really uh, appreciate I mean, it. That's the second time. That's the second time. Yeah. You, you paid twice. That. Really appreciate what you and Mark do. You see, that's the, the added part there. Um, the Fosé. Yes, I keep saying Fosse. The Fosé. Um, yes, sorry if I missed your question earlier. I think we got it, though. We um, did get it. Okay. Because we were laughing about the Fosé. Right. So, sorry you had to pay twice, bro. You um, must have walked and went to the bathroom. <laughs> Thank you, though. We appreciate it. Uh, Doug Marsoli? Uh, thank you, Dave. I have an early non-effects loop, 1987 Re-XU Plexi. Uh, oh, a non-effects loop, eight, 1987 Re-Plexi. That'd be an earlier one, right? Um, from what I understand, those have filtering, NFB, bright cap, like a 72. What could make it more 68-ish? Is that something you can help with? Well, 68 and 72 is very similar, but I, I don't think that the 87X reissue is exactly what you're looking at. 
I mean, looking for, they, they kind of got the specs a little weird. Um, you want a 2.7K first cathode resistor. Um, and you want the 0.0022 UF cap out of the uh, bright channel side. And yeah, I'd have to double check what the other things are. I have tricks for those to make them sound really cool. Minor, minor stuff. But yes, the filtering's right, and um, basically it's right. Could be made slightly better. Mm. Okay. When did they make a non-effects loop 87 reissue? I don't know. Somewhere in there. I don't know when they even started making the reissues. Probably oh. early on before they did the loops. Just like there was, there's 100 watt super lead reissues also that have no effects loop. Mm. I mean, I know the one, like the one I have, has the option to turn the effects loop off. Yeah. Um, but okay. Uh, Barry Provost. Hey, Dave and Mark, enjoying my new twin sister head two by twelve arriving soon. Tips on wearing in new speakers, the V30s. Oh, um, well, I mean, I'll tell you how I like to do it, but it's. Um, it's hard to do if you, well if you have a location where you can volume is no issue then um i would take sometimes take a speaker cabinet put it face down on the floor and plug uh, i mean these are more 412s i've done but i would plug a uh, 100 watt head into it on 10 and uh, run a looper into it that has a guitar loop going through the amp and run it for like hours <laughs> just obliterating the poor speakers yeah but you gotta have you gotta be nowhere near neighbors no you know like i can do it in my shop um if if i do it at night or if no one's here uh you know i could do it i used to lock it in a room in the back too and it would make it kind of tolerable but uh, it's it's not really tolerable it's really hard to do yeah it is is there any risk of a fire if you're if you're playing them, you know you really got them heat heating up that that uh, hot for hours. Nah, nah, no, not really. I mean, uh, I I wouldn't do it for any longer than three hours. Okay, but I'll tell you this: I did do tests, and it does make a difference mm. for sure. It makes a difference in how they sound. Yeah, I bet as they get worn in, beat up, really good like that, it it really starts to warm up. I wish there was a artificial way of doing it you know you can also do it with a variac you can apply uh like 12 volts of ac voltage to the speaker it's like between 12 and 15 volts no more otherwise you'll fry the speakers of ac voltage to it and uh it'll sit there and hum and vibrate for hours hmm. but it's uh it's not too nice either it's really <laughs> it's really annoying that's interesting never heard that one uh let's see oh l scott music says i saw norman a video in a store for a visit store is running on its own only open two to three days um well there we go cool all Good right, thank you glad glad to hear norm's well uh p thorne albert's place and voltage and the good old days I guess yeah, the Alberts isn't there and voltage isn't there anymore. So that's the good old days. So that's what he's saying. Uh, yeah, the good old days are all gone. 
um unfortunately yeah there was a place i was just what was the what was the store was it i I keep wanting to say guitar guitar but it wasn't guitar guitar was what was the one store um remember originally they were on ventura and then they were somewhere else in hollywood or something uh that had all the used gear you know like all the used marshals and everything um why can't i remember the name right now hmm he needs to peek his head out the door and just yell it. <laughs> uh, dude, Peter, you need to pay attention to the show, man. I have addressed both your questions. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pay attention, man. I, thank you for the super chats twice, but... Uh, yes, we appreciate it. Really do. Um, Dave Doherty, hey guys, would love to see Bill Landry of Landry Amplification on the show. Great amp. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. We can see if we can get him. He makes good stuff. I know um, Doug Rappaport played his stuff, right? Yeah, I mean Doug does videos for a lot of people. You know, he had a, yeah he had an amp that he did a video for. Yeah, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so someone must have heard that there's things falling in my room. Yeah, Mark's house is on an Indian burial ground. Yeah, <laughs> like all of a sudden I just turn around. I'm like, okay, what fell? Um, <laughs> uh, Mark and Dave, opinion on an all rosewood neck guitars. You know, I have to say that I've never owned an all rosewood neck guitar. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how it sounds in comparison to any other neck. I've never done that kind of experiment. I, I, I have no idea. I've played a, an all rosewood neck guitar, but uh, but not. I don't. I don't really have an opinion. Okay. Uh, stay curious. Is he run fifty the BE channel? I don't think so. It's different. Yes, right? it is. It's the BE channel. See how much I know. <laughs> I thought it was different. No, run run fifty, run twenty was different. Oh, the run twenty. Uh, okay, run, the run fifty is a BE channel. It's it's a straight up BE channel, but that amp is a little slightly um, voltages in it are a little different. It's it's tweaked a little different to sound different. Um, it's a little more percussive actually. A little quicker in response, almost. Mm-hmm. It's actually a great sounding amp. I've never played one, but I. It's I, a really great sounding amp. I, I, it's one of my favorites, actually. To be honest, <laughs> I like the simplicity of it. I like the simplicity of hey, we got a Fender channel and a you know Marshall esque channel, mm-hmm. and I, I like this just the simplistic thing about it. You know. Hey, I, I forgot when you built my be. I think you put the Buxom Betty clean in there, right? I think I did. I don't really remember. That's a, you know, 5,000 amps since. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's what you said at the time. Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's more of like a fendery clean. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Um, James Maxwell, have you had to build a rig with a piece of gear you absolutely hated? Something really nasty that a client insisted on? Sure. There's been all sorts of stuff that uh, I haven't liked over the years and, and some stuff that has proven me wrong. Um, 
I remember there was a band once uh, that was a signed band, and they were called A Thousand Mona Lisas. And years later, I'm still friends with the guy on Facebook now. I found him again. <laughs> um, and A Thousand Mona Lisas brought me a rig where I wasn't really redoing the whole rig, but I was helping to get, uh, he already kind of had it together, but I was helping him get out some of the noises that were in it and improving, improving that kind of stuff. And, you know, from, from my own taste, what was going on in that rig was just horrendous because it was a tri-axis preamp, which I was never a fan of, into a uh, ART uh, Smart EQ, which was a MIDI uh, equalizer, into a Mesa Boogie 290 power amp. Then there was a rack tray that had like three or four pedals on it, and that rack tray's signal path would go to a silver face twin with a master volume that was stock at that time. Maybe it had JBLs. The worst possible twin you could ever think of with the master volume and the JBLs. And he would use them in parallel with each other. Cranked up loud, you know, the twins cranked up loud, which is a, a really trashy sort of uh, kind of tone. But I remember, I remember doing this rig, and then when you played them together at the volume he played them at, it sounded great. You were like, "This sounds great for what you're doing." Right. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, it sounded great. Hmm. I mean, it was a slightly more punkish sort of band. Mm. So, but that's why it worked. It worked really well. I, I was shocked how cool it sounded. Actually, yeah. Cool. So I, I, rem I always remember that one because it uh, kind of proved to me over the years that anything can work. It depend, you know, it would depend on the player and what his guitars are and what kind of music he's playing, mm -hmm. and you know, some ass backwards sort of s setup can work really well for someone. Well, I mean, so even kind uh, of be open to to that, you know. Yeah, even Dave Black, right? The way he he approached. Oh his yeah, yeah. The way he approached uh, his amps and and what he used and stuff, and that was, you know, like almost iconic how cool of a sound that was, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, I think that's cool. That's what makes those interesting guitar sounds that you know you you are really enamored with for years. Mm -hmm. uh, Braxton wants to know your email address. He's got photos of his Marshall. Oh, uh, you can hit me at freedmanamps at gmail.com. F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Um, yes. Wait. Sometimes this thing skips. Like you're going through things and you get to the end and it just skips everything. Yep. Uh, okay. Let me get back here. Okay. Super Chicks. Hey, Mark and Dave. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Hope you're enjoying the summer. Dave, thanks for helping with my EVM-12L speaker questions. Found two from the 80s and hope to buy them this weekend. Oh, awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. Somebody wanted to trade me locally because I have the uh, the Morgan 
listen on Craigslist, and they they wanted to trade me um, uh, a Rivera limited combo amp with EV speakers. Mm. And I, mm. I still I still said no. I was like, yeah, no, no, no thank you. Uh, the speakers were more interesting than the Rivera amp, actually. <laughs> the speakers are worth like at least three hundred dollars a piece, right? That's, I was like, I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, oh my god, a Rivera combo with those in it? Did you imagine? Can you imagine? Two of them. <laughs> Two of them. That's got to be like a hundred and plus pound combo. I could, uh, yeah, it's got to be. Super Good luck hard. picking that one up. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I was like, no. You know, if, if you've never felt a 4x12 with four EVs in it, that is something to be like, holy crap. Who had that? Was it Lynch? Well, all sorts of people. Had, um, um, Jakey Lee originally had oh, um, EVs. Uh, Zach Wild still has EVs. Hmm. Um. Neil Giraldo. I remember loading a cabinet with uh, for Neil Giraldo years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he likes them too. He he said that. That's right. Uh, Peter, no problem, man. All good. Uh, we were just messing around with you. Um, Rummy, Mark, is the Morgan a lefty amp? Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. You got to play lefty chords on it too. Um Fave though, uh, thoughts on the MXR micro chorus one knob yellow pedal. The original one, I think there was an original one, uh, and there might be a reissue one. I'm not sure about that. Um, I mean, it wasn't, it, it, it was cool, it wasn't necessarily known to be amazing. Uh, the MXR uh, micro flanger though was great. Hmm. It doesn't sound like the big flanger, but for more of um, a chorusy flange kind of thing, maybe a wobbly chorusy flange, uh, the the micro chorus or micro flange was amazing. Original ones. Hmm. Come with do like an Andy Timmons sort of thing with it. Oh. Not Andy Timmons. Uh, um, um, from the police. Oh, Andy Summers. Andy Summers, thank you. <clears throat> gotcha. Uh, Peter Urban. What's up, Peter? Thanks for the super chat. Cheers from Calgary. Cheers to you. Any tips on isolation transformers and phase flip solution? How critical are parts on tone, i.e. for dual amp setup, etc.? Any tips on parts for do-it-yourself and re ready-made would be great. Um. Well, you could get the Lele um little box that they make that's uh wait a minute what drawer is it in there it is so lately piece split um that works really well it has a, a ground lift and uh face flip uh it's pre-made rather expensive uh, Palmer makes an isolation box, but not with a phase. Um, there's ways you can do it yourself with parts that I could tell you about, but that's too hard to do right on air. But if you email me, I could tell you. Um, you'd almost need a diagram then. 
then also AB boxes such as um, uh, the Twin City AB box from Radial also does a phase flip uh, and a good buffer, and that's good. <clears throat> you have to know what you're feeding it from, too. Hmm. <coughs> like, are you talking just splitting into two amps? And you want to flip the phase? If so, like the radial Twin City was great. Uh, you don't have to necessarily use it as an AB box. You could just leave it on if you want hmm. in both mode. Um, um, but then again, this P-split will work that way too. But you got to feed it with some sort of buffered source. It's, so, it's interesting. It's Lely. That's how you pronounce that? Yes, I think so. Okay. I've never, I, I was always like fucking it up too. Like Leal, I was calling it or something. Yeah. Lely. Okay. I'll know for next time. I think it's Lely. Okay. That makes sense. I think <laughs> I could be fucking it up. <laughs> uh, Alex 2112. It's, like, it's like that brand. Uh, I used to call that one brand Nux, but, right. actually, but actually it's New X. Is it? <laughs> if, you, if you look at how it's written too, it, it's plain as day that's New X. Oh, is it? Yeah. I would I would I would call it Nuxtel. So um Alex twenty one twelve, Dave and Mark, how important it is to use a speaker cable instead of a guitar cable for your connection to your speaker? Well, it's important. What are the differences? Uh, uh I mean one is shield and one is not. I mean, you should definitely use a speaker cable that can handle the capacity of an amp. If you're playing really quiet, probably doesn't make any difference at all. If you're putting a lot of current through it, it then will make a difference. Uh uh Use a speaker cable. Okay. Uh, Bill Lima, follow-up to my previous question. What attenuator would you recommend for the 2204? He's tried a power station. Liked it, but I think a standard attenuator would be more practical for live shows. Uh, rock Crusher, maybe? Or if not that... Um, maybe the Tone King attenuator, but I mean, uh, actually, I, honestly, I think the power station's cooler because then you have a loop, and then your cranked up Marshall that you have, you can insert some sort of effect, you know. You know, the other thing that Joe Feria uh, Furla asked, you know, he talked about the delay in front of the amp, but he also talked about chorus. Ah, uh, yes. And I didn't answer that. Uh, you know, 80s-style tones, I mean, an old Boss CE2 is still great for that kind of thing. Or uh, some sort of pitch pedal is also pretty cool. Dave, besides Jimmy Page, is there an artist or band you'd like to hear play a Friedman amp? Same question for Mark. Hmm. Sure, everyone. <laughs> um I don't know. Um um some of them I already have, so um I don't know. You know what I'd like to I'd have to think about that for a while. I'd like to see Ty Tabor play one. I'd like to see um I'd like to see Richie Faulkner use one with Priest. He owns a bunch. I know he does, but I um, it did, you know, he tried a B deluxe with priest and it didn't at the time it wasn't floating his boat compared to the angle that he was using at the time. Of course, now he's using wizards. So, 
it could have also been his uh, choice of pickups that he didn't like the mixture, but uh, yeah, uh, he didn't say he didn't like it. He said it just didn't work as well. Right. It was what worked well, best. For him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he owns them. He owns a bunch. So he wouldn't keep buying them if he didn't, <laughs> didn't like Exactly. Them. He obviously loves them. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't really have answers on other than that. I have to think about it. Jason Tong, that Variac on the speaker idea is a great one. Thanks, Dave. I, I can't give credit for that one. That would be an old uh, Weber speakers thing on how to age speakers. Huh. Yeah, I think it's 12 volts. I think that's the magic number. Because uh, you can burn the speaker up, actually, if you go too far. Hey, Dave, was guitars that guitar? Guitars are us. That's it. Guitars are us. Yeah, originally it was on... Uh, originally it was on... Um, in On Ventura. And then it had moved... It wasn't no guitars are us. You're talking Albert. Um, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Albert's place was great. Uh, that was a vintage store that was there in the 80s. It was amazing. 80s, uh, maybe into early 90s. Torrin said it wasn't guitar guitar. I guess it was guitar guitar. It's funny. There's a guitar guitar in England too. That's why why I'm thinking. I originally thought it was guitar guitar, but now I think Michael Torrin just uh, confirmed that. It was guitar, guitar. Um, I would just like wait a minute. Am I thinking the English store? <laughs> so yeah, just there you go. Thing. It was guitar, guitar. So thank you. Thanks. I knew someone would know. Thanks, Mike. Sergey Aguilar, Dave. What is the best preamp pedal for a Torpedo Cab M? Uh, hmm. Well. Uh, uh, very good question. Um, whichever one you like. <laughs> How about that? Uh, or maybe there's something in the future that will exist that will be cool. Ah, dropping teases. We uh, shall see. Maybe you'll know by the end of the year. Scott Brockaway, Dave, does the Dunlop hand-wired Phase 90 compare to an old one? I really want one again, but I want it to sound right without spending $600. Well, I hate to tell you that no. It's relatively close. So the, the hand-wired script uh, Phase 90 is relatively close. But I'm telling you, man, the old ones just have this gushy factor. And what I mean by gushy factor, it has to do with the feel of it. It, it just kind of melts into the tone and has this just juicy feeling of 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 uh, that. I'm not sure why the hand wired isn't. I have a theory. Hand wired uh, reissue is all done with metal film resistors, and the originals were done with all carbon comp resistors. And I think that might have something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um. I've never gone as far as to get as crazy as swapping the resistors in one and seeing. <laughs> of course, then you wouldn't get the exact same resistor, so I don't know. Um, the, the old ones just are better, Sonny. My advice would be, if you can't get an old one, uh, 
What get a block. Mean? Get get one that's not a script. That's just the next version, the block version. Well, you can go to Analog Man. He mods them. Yeah, that's not the same either. No, I mean I got yeah. the, I've got the script Analog Man modded one. And yeah, not, I'd like to know what he does to it. I don't know. That I unless you play a really old script one, it's hard to say. I would I would just get the uh, block version, which was right after that, no LED. Um, it's just as good. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what? Nick Greer from Greer Amps and Pedals would be a good guest, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I, I love their lightning pedal. That pedal is great. Um, that's uh, in my box waiting for Dave. Um, let's see. Uh, that was my hint there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I noticed how I just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I I have some ideas, and we'll discuss it later about that. But I have some ideas that could be very cool, um, and okay. that I want to implement, but I don't have the stuff to implement it yet. Okay, cool. No worries. I'm just busting your balls. Uh, so you don't have enough gear, of course. You know, but you always need something new. You always need something new. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be worth the wait. I'm sure it will be. Sean Willis, any opinion on the new third power multi magnet pickups? So I have uh, one of the uh, versions of her Magfrag pickups. Um, they're called the Praxis Plus. They're in my Les Paul. They sound great. Uh, yeah, I just saw Michael Nielsen did something uh, with one of those pickups, and it seemed to sound really cool. So I, I, I love the concept. I think the concept's really cool. Yeah, it's very very interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're well-made pickups. They sound great. Uh, you can't go wrong with Delana and Third Power stuff. So, uh, B. Keel, thank you for the super chat. Uh, evening, gents. Love my twin sister. Power tends to run hot here, typically 120, 125 volts. That's the same with me. Would you recommend a Variac to drop it down a bit? Any, yes. Any appreciable difference in tone and feel? Yes, you will. I would get a brown box. You can get a brown box or you can get a $60 Variac. Yeah, that's true, but... Uh, I mean, you can get a Variac for like $60, $65 with a digital readout that will um, be great. And, uh, you know, I'd actually run it a little below 120, 115, 117, somewhere in there. It's a little, it's just a little sweeter, a little cooler sounding. Mm -hmm. As it gets higher in voltage, it sounds kind of harsh and pushed. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit edgy. So definitely. Let's see. I got a, got a message. Okay. Uh, K Guitar Works. Greetings. I was listening to 5150 and OU02 over the week. OU812 over the weekend. Uh, what did he use on the record and what's your favorite pedal to come close? Well, it wasn't a pedal. So uh, those records were recorded through his Bradshaw rack. Uh, it was a, his his Marshall that he used on all the records, uh, slaved with a load resistor through the Bradshaw rack, through an H and H power amp. That's why they sound a little more processed and a little more um, not as in your face, so to speak. You know. Mm. 
But it was um, a uh, the Marshall set at eight ohms into a sixteen ohm load resistor, and a line out taken fed through the Bradshaw rack. Yeah, you would need uh, a multitude of pedals to get that tone. You would need at least. Yeah, I mean, well, you need the Marshall, right? You need you need the Marshall, a couple delays, and a little pitch, and then you have the tone. Right, but if you if he wanted it just in pedals, if he doesn't have a Marshall, then I would say, uh, it, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's not really going to happen. Yeah, I mean, a pitch pedal, a, a delay pedal, and some sort of reasonably gainy Marshally kind of pedal. I mean, th that at minimum. Mm -hmm. So you know, maybe an even tied pitch pedal with a, a DD five hundred. And uh, I don't know, a BEOD pedal probably get you somewhere in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, thanks for the super chat, Avon Barksdale. Uh, opinions on the PV VTM 120? VTM 120 can be great. Um, it's sort of a Jose JC made 100 hybrid. Um, it started with the PV Butcher, and then they essentially modified the Butcher to have some Jose features out of Mark Ferrari's uh, Jose modded Marshall. So if you know where to put the switches on it, you can get pretty close to a Jose Marshall. A few little things that are a little different, uh, but pretty close. And if you mod it, you can make it exactly that. Okay. It's a cool amp, especially if you can get it cheap. Yeah, they're still relatively good price. They've gone up. Have they? Ryan Criswell, uh, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Dave, wh who would you recommend or would you or would you perhaps build a clone of a JTM50 Black Flag? Played one a few years ago and fell in love with it, but the real ones are crazy money. Well, what it really a JTM fifty black flag is is a fifty watt. Um, it it's really a JTM forty five minus the rectifier tube. So, um, who would I? I uh, Dan Tramble Tramble at Tramble Amps, Doctor Dan. Hmm. He was on our show. He can make a great uh, repro of that amp for you. Ah, yeah, yeah, really super cool. He's a good guy. Good, good guy. Uh, Stephen Massey, Mark and Dave, I was wondering what amp in the range of $1,500 that would be good for a modern metal sound that's 50 watts and versatile like the Archon. Also, can Phil X be a guest on the show? Uh, Phil X has been a guest on the show. Yep. He was on the show a while ago. It'd be great to catch up with him again, though, one of these days. Um, so <laughs> is the Archon, what price range is the Archon at? It's PRS, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, the fifty watt is nine. Uh, it's eleven ninety nine. So, why not the Archon? Um, I, I was going to go with Modern an EVH. Sound fifty watts, versatile like the Archon. Well. I mean, you're describing the Archon, kind of, um, or an EVH 50-watt. 
Uh, I have the, the price range. I have the Stealth, the EVH Stealth 50. It's a great amp. You can get, you can get, definitely get in the modern metal tones there. Yeah, go for that. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh, I'm not going to ask that. What? Uh, okay, I'll ask it. Uh, Long Schlong Silvers. Dave, what was the biggest piece of shit amp you've ever had the pleasure to work on? <laughs> <sighs> hmm. You know, it probably has to be the um the Sovtech MIG amps. Uh they can they can be cool, but they're gonna literally fall apart if you look at them wrong. Just the, the pots are terrible. and I mean, the jacks are terrible. And uh, you can go in and change all the jacks and change all the pots, and then it, then then you're going to get something, and then it won't quite fall apart on you. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, that's a hunk of crap. But, but <laughs> it can be cool when you're done with it, but you do have to put a lot of effort into it. Okay. All right. Glad I asked it. Um, Jason. Uh, thanks for the super chat. I played a show on Monday night that ended in a rainstorm. My BE only got slightly wet, thankfully, but it made me wonder what is the emergency pre procedure for protecting an amp that got a dose of rain? Turn it off. Wipe it down, turn it off, and let it dry. Don't turn it on until it's fully dry. And if it's raining while you're playing, uh, you got to cover, cover that grill. Yeah. Cover it with something. Cover it with a, a plastic sheet or something. Yeah, because yeah. if, if the water gets in those tubes while they're hot, you're going to be fucked. Uh, well, they'll, they'll explode. Yeah. That's fun. It's like firecrackers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would not be good. Um, RAF513, Mark, I guess you skipped my super chat. Did I? If I did. Mark, get it together. Jeez, man. Uh, let me look. Raf five one three. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it right now. I'm looking myself. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, you find it. Yes, I did. Okay, I can't. Or have we not gotten to it yet? It's possible that we haven't gotten to it. I think that's why we haven't gotten to it yet. That's what it is. There you go. Okay. Just chill, people. Um, we'll get to it. Let me see. Let me scroll down. Uh, yeah, there it is, man. I'll get to them. I'm just going in order. Yeah, it's literally the, the next one. Yep. After the Landry. Um. Daniel Judge, Dave, I need a speaker cable harness for a 2x12 cab and can't find any. Where do you get them or can I buy one from you? A 212 cab of mine? A speaker cable harness for a 212 cab. Hmm. You want to wire the cab in parallel or in series? I, I We make everything custom, so I, I, I'd have to make something custom if, if you wanted something. Okay. Um, 
I don't know why. Let's do RAF 513. Hello there, RAF. Is there any Freeman amp that was designed to have loads of power amp distortion? Not yet. Not until the vintage line. Hmm. Okay. Really. So, I mean, the, in the vintage line, I mean, there'll be a vintage Plexi style amp, and that will that will be designed to crank on 10. Okay, awesome. Thanks for the super chat, Raph. Thank you. Uh, stay curious. Thank you. Does the original whammy pedal sound better than the WH5? I also want to spend $600 or if I don't need to. Uh, WH5. Which one is the WH5? Was it the last era one? I don't know. Hang on. Uh, it was the last era one. Um, no, the last era one, uh, fifth generation was, uh, great. It, it, you don't have to spend on the original. The original is cool, but there is a mode on the WH5 that is the original. And then there's a mode that tracks better. So uh, get the WH5. And also it's easier to power because it's 9-volt DC instead of 9-volt AC, which is like the original. Braxel, hmm. um, Dave, I sent you an email with the photos of the 72 Marshall. I appreciate your time and giving me your expertise. Cool. I will check it out. Oh, it just skipped again for me. Uh all right, here we go. All right. Uh, Roger Dat. Dave, I saw a suggestion that a message be sent to Elon Musk for opening a U.S.-based tube factory, Tesla Tubes. You've got the connects. Go for it. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I think Elon's got bigger things. Uh, yeah, he's got bigger problems. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Chris. No question. Just want to thank you, too, for always putting on a great show. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Um, let's see. Scrolling. Okay. Ted Fur, Dave, I own a BE100 Deluxe and Dirty Shirley, Dirty Shirley 40 head with matching cabinets. Am I missing out on any other Friedman tones in your product line? Man, you got it pretty covered. I mean, the only thing that maybe you're missing out on is maybe some sort of super clean, clean channel, but that's maybe not something that um, you do. Um, I mean, those those two amps will cover uh, most of all the sounds. So I think you're pretty well covered. But if you'd like to buy them all, please go to Sweetwater and do so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Oh, the VTM has gone up, they say. Eh, oh, yeah. Up. It definitely has gone up. Uh, I have one. Colin James, since Dave already had a, has a licensing agreement with Universal Audio for plugins, can we expect a UAFX Freeman pedal like the Ruby Dream Woodrow? No, that probably won't happen at all. Okay. Simon, what's up, Simon? 
Thanks for the super chat. Greetings from down under, Mark and Dave. Thanks, Dave, for the bucks and boost pedal. I've owned a lot of boosts over the years, but yours is the quietest, most flexible, flexible and best sounding by a long way. Makes a plexi sound like God. Well, oh, thanks, well. man. It is a great pedal. It's a great pedal. If you don't have one, get one. Yep. Quick to sweet water. water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Ferrari. I remember him in Ron Keel's band after Steeler was no more and could not get signed. I used to know the guys. Ah, cool. That name sounds familiar. Where was he from? You said that before? Mark Ferrari? Keel. Keel, okay. Keel band. Gotcha. Uh, Sean Browning, why am I only able to get a snubber cap to make any difference on the 82, 82K resistor on the phase inverter? Do you understand that? Why am I only able to get a snubber cap to make any difference in the 82K resistor of the phase inverter? What do you mean? I mean, uh, I understand what a snubber cap is. And you're able to get it to make a difference. That's what that's reading, unless you misprinted that. But why are you putting it across the 82K resistor in the first place? Is there a reason you're trying to do that? Um, generally speaking, you put the cap across the two plates from 82K to 100K, and you can, and that can vary in sizes from 50 picofarad up. So I, I'm not sure what you're trying to do or what your issue is. Hmm, okay. Fill me in. All right. Sounds good. Uh, someone said I need a drink. Apparently Mark needs a drink. I do. My Gatorade is running low. Can someone run out and get me something? <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Jim, Dave, I took the Eggnator amp building class a couple years ago. Can you tell me what Marshall the amp is based on? Also, any cool mods? It's not based on any one kind of Marshall. Did you do the 50-watt or the 20-watt amp, or what did you do? Um, it's a cascaded gain stage amp. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of mods you can do to them. Uh, all sorts. I've done tons of them for people. Um, yeah, you can make it into almost anything if you if you want to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, email for more info. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raf. Uh, oh, you deleted the first one. Okay. No problem, man. Uh, that's the only one I was able to see was your second one. So glad we got it. Yeah, we answered it. Yep. Patrick Miller. Dave, which artist you've worked with has had the most elaborate or complicated <laughs> setup, and what was it? I think I could guess. Oh, gonna, man. Before you answer, I was going to say uh, George Pahone. Absolutely. George <laughs> uh, uh George Pahone, um, Cairo Knife Fight, uh, also plays with the Black Eyed Peas, not with the rig that we're talking about. Hands down, uh, there, uh, it's a complicated, unbelievable multi-amp rig uh, with unbelievable looping and all this stuff. Uh, Pete Thorne did a little, um, I want to look on his channel, uh, Pete Thorne did a little uh, rig rundown with George a few years ago showing some of the stuff he's doing now it's gotten crazier 
And wait till you see the new pedal board I'm doing for him. Oh my God. Really? That would be by far the craziest board I've ever done. <laughs> uh, eventually, we're going to start it and finish it here. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're, we keep looking at it going, oh, we got to start that. <laughs> yeah. George loves his complex stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he gets good tone, that's for sure. Um, Scott Brown, Sean Browning, you got to turn even the Jose Mata the amps up, or you get fizz. Is that true? Um, I mean, maybe a little. Um, maybe a little. I mean, yeah, it likes to have a little volume for sure. Most stuff do. I think that's a trick of the ear and the speaker more than it is the amp. You know, I think it's how it's reacting with the speaker itself hmm. that you're hearing. Interesting. Ponder, thanks for the super chat. Dave, since you mentioned it earlier regarding the BE channel, what differences are there between the Run 50 and 20 preamp circuits? Love my Run, absolutely love my Run 20, and I'm sure I'll eventually grab a deluxe. Mm, how new is your Run 20? <laughs> Um, uh, there's a, a missing a bright cap. Uh, a run 20 has a uh, missing one bright cap that's in the circuit, and um, actually, to be honest, that's probably about it. Uh, so it's it's similar for sure. Uh, it's just missing a little of the extra uh sizzle. It didn't need it on the 20, it was cool, I thought. Yeah, for me, I felt like I needed just a little bit more gain on the 20. So that's why I went to the JJ Jr. doesn't um, really have more gain. No? It's the bright cap that you're hearing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tobias Ryan. Hey, guys, love the show. Just bought a Sin 30. I was curious if the Dirty Shirley module sounds significantly different than my DS Mini head, which I love. Also, which module would you say gets closest to the Jakey Lee channel? Well, none of the modules will do the Jakey Lee channel 2 sound. Um, could I make one do it? Yes. Maybe the 800 model? Maybe. Like thinking about it here. <laughs> um I could probably do it on the 800 module. Uh, and as far as the Sin 30, uh, I mean, it, it won't sound that much different, although the Sin 30, the power section is a little different. It is cathode bias, though. Uh, it is a little more power. Will it sound slightly different than the power section? Yes. Um, will it sound very similar? Yes, it will. Okay. Uh Okay, Guitar Works, thanks for the comments and taking the, the questions. Great show, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Guitarman45 asked, uh, what do you think of Germino amps? Germino amps are fantastic hand-wired Marshall-style amplifiers. Uh, Greg Germino makes a great product, well-made. Nothing but good things to say. Mm -hmm. I think Pete has one, right? Pete has one that we completely modded the hell out of. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But it was still a great amp. Uh, Giacomo Antico 
Hello, Dave and Mark. My question is the following. If I would like to build a collection of amps to have the greatest variety of tones and money is not a problem, what would they be? Oh, man. So if you can have any amps. To have the greatest variety. Um, you know, I would go. Okay, if money wasn't an issue and I just had to pick some of my favorite amps, um, I would have some sort of blackface fender. Most are very similar, so um, maybe a super reverb, you know, blackface super reverb, maybe a vibrolox. I don't know. I mean, they're they're all very similar in the blackface category. Mm-hmm. I mean, the preamp sections are almost identical in all of them. It's just the power sections are a little different or speaker configuration. Um, I would idea. have a high watt, maybe a DR504 or maybe a 103. I would have uh, some sort of great Plexi Marshall. Could be 50 or 100 watt. Um... I would have something that is versatile that has higher gain sounds, like uh, like say my B one hundred Deluxe, um, maybe a Soldano also, and uh, and definitely uh, like a Copper Top Top Boost Vox AC thirty. And you know you pretty much can do almost everything with that. Mm. I mean, I guess for people that are really into like rectifiers and stuff, maybe there might be a rectifier. But personally, I'm not that into rectifiers. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, you could there's there's some oddballs in there to round out the collection, like some of the Silvertone amps that existed uh, were really cool. Um, some. Uh, I mean, I mean, th- th- those are the ones that are going to get you most of the tones that ever were recorded. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Tweed amp if you want to add your collection. Tweed Deluxe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Tweed Baseman. You know, if money's no object, yeah, Tweed Deluxe, Tweed Baseman. Okay, if money's no object, Tweed Deluxe and a Tweed Baseman. <laughs> uh, uh, Super Reverb and Deluxe Reverb. A Plexi 50 and a Plexi 100, a high watt DR 504 and 103, and a Soldano and a Friedman B Deluxe. How's that? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That'll cover all your bases. All right. Someone's running out right now and getting it all out. And make sure you buy that at Sweetwater. Okay. You're going to need some attenuators with some of that stuff, (laughs) especially Uh, the high watts. Chris Quinn, uh, thanks for the super chat. Do you know how? Do you know much about the Bogner Shiva? I dig it, but it's not really crunchy unless I use a pedal. Sometimes I wonder if it's running right. The dirty channel should be dirty. It's as dirty as a BE channel. A little harsher sounding, and the clean channel is very much a Fender. So, I I would say it's more than crunchy. Unless something's wrong with it. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe something's wrong with it. Yeah. Um, uh, Stan is Lab Migra. Hey, hello, Dave. How much do you think it's important to match power 
valves and push-pull cathode biased amps? Well, I mean, you don't want them radically mismatched. But some say the mismatch sounds a little cooler. Uh, you know, um, your power section isn't perfectly matched to begin with. So, uh, meaning like your output transformer isn't perfectly matched. The driver tube isn't perfectly matched. So nothing's really perfectly matched. The problem that you'll have is if you have too far of a mismatch on your bias on the power tubes, one tube could potentially red plate and it, you know, like it, let's say if one tube reads, when you put them in an amp, let's say one tube reads, I don't know, 20 mil uh, millivolts and the other reads 50, it's too way too much of a mismatch. And when you drive the amp hard, that 50 is going to rise way too high. Mm. The, the 20 won't, but the 50 will. And then it could potentially red plate, and that's what can happen, and you can cause problems. So, it, you know, it's better to keep the power tubes within five mm. of each other. That's good to know. Yeah. Steve Longworth, Dave, can you explain the McMars Fortis amp? What makes it different than a cascaded three-gain stage amp? It is a cascaded three-gain stage amp. Mm. It's a standard Jose with a few slight variations that make it sound a little different. So it's a gain stage in front of another gain stage into the cathode follower of the amp. So it's three-gain stage amp. It isn't. It's a standard Jose three-way mod, not the super high gain one. And uh, there's a couple things that probably were done after the fact to the amp that make it a little bit different, but not that much. Hmm. Chris W. Dave, what is an amp heard and thought? I should have done that. Hmm. You got me. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, I can think of one. What? The uh, well, it's not an amp. Uh, when with the power station and everything like that. When oh, the power station itself. Yeah, I should have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. Sure. That. Yeah. Because you said it before on the show. You were like, <laughs> I think at some point yeah. with uh, Stephen. Yeah, can't uh, do it now. No. Uh, Ben Tom, I guess he has some questions about your, your choices. Uh, AB763, Super or Pro? And Super Lead or Bass, I guess, for your amp choices. Oh, uh, Super Lead specs on the two Marshalls. Um, uh, standards, uh, fuck, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know the, the model numbers too well. Off the top of my head, the standard super reverb, a uh, standard deluxe reverb. Uh, there weren't that many, um, variations of that. Uh, blackface. Um, I mean, it's just a gain stage into a gain stage into the power amp. It's not very simple. Pro Reverb, uh, Pro Reverb is cool. It's a it, well, Pro Reverb essentially is a super reverb, which is essentially a vibra verb. Just some of them have mid knobs and some don't. They're just preset inside, but they're just different. The Blackface Fender line is essentially the same amp over and over and over again with different power tubes, different power outputs, different speaker configurations. Now, what's your ideal 
way of playing a like a blackface? Is it more clean? Like you're thinking? Clean? Well, if you're going for a clean sound, clean. If you're going for um, more Stevie Ray type tone, it would be cranked up more to like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And then a yeah. tube screamer. And like ideally, the blackface amps ideally work best with single coil pickups. Yeah. Uh, Strat, Telly. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. Timothy Pierce, what's up? Uh, hello, Dave and Mark. Dave, I bought a JJ Jr. about a year ago and love it. The only thing I would like to do to it is have a mod to add a volume in the JBE channel and make it foot switchable. I can do that. I could even do a gain in volume. Wow. That would be cool. On concentric pots. Hmm. Uh, all those amps are great, Dave, but could you be happy with your own amps? <laughs> I did list one of my amps. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely could, to be honest. I, I yeah, almost, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If money was no object. Right. Uh, maybe we'll toss a train wreck Liverpool in there to really below the budget jerry cantrell used to use bogner now he uses his friedman head. yeah correct um dave can you tell me what the early no eq clean was based on in the be 100 i love that clean i had a later be 100 with the eq clean and it was different to my ear great show thanks guys yeah it was different the original one is was literally one half of a 12AX7 into the power amp with a bright switch. So it was just a half a 12AX7, a bright switch, volume, straight into the power amp of the amp. Same same I used on the, the Runt series and the JJ Jr. It, it's a great clean, actually. It's surprisingly a great clean. Hmm. I mean, occasionally I had people complain, I wish I could EQ, the, EQ it more. But a vast majority of people thought it sounded great. <laughs> so I still do that in mods and things. Hmm. I should do like a, a reissue series where I, I do the, the retro feature set of the original. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably sell a bunch of them too. B100 uh, Mark One. Right. Zach Kirkorian, thanks for the super chat. Well, putting a buffer in before the input of a Marshall Super Lead Circa 69 stop the pop when changing loops. Using a JH sweat, JHS switch foot into a SANS app to create a lead channel, it pops when selecting A or B. Hmm. Uh, it, no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't make any difference. It should still pop. Not exactly sure what's going on in the JHS switch foot, so... Uh, if it's a true bypass, you know, relay based type uh, switcher, it'll pop in front of an amp, especially if it's cranked up. So, is there anything that nothing you can do to fix it? You could use something that is soft switching, mm. um, like I think the the noise suppressors used to have a loop on them that you could kick in. I think uh, you could put the sans amp in the loop of that and then kick that in. 
Did that have that? Or something boss made had that? That would be soft switching then. It would work. Mm. Or more elaborate switchers uh, that have uh, muting circuits. Boss switcher, boss uh, ES5 maybe. Mm. That'll work. Bowl in a china shop. Thanks for the super chat. I like your name. Are the speakers in your cabs burnt in? No. Can you imagine that if we were doing that in production? You have all did. the cabinets burning at the same time, just fucking raging. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, they're not. You got to wear them in yourself. They do sound pretty good right out of the box, to be honest. Uh, California Days, thanks for all the domain knowledge. Question, any heat concerns running a Demeter 2G, TGP3 and a Fryette 252 power amp and a 4U rack? It's probably not the most ideal. If you had at least one space between the two, that would probably be better. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying it'll fail. I'm not saying, you know, but the power amp gets hot. Mm. It couldn't hurt to have a little extra um, air, you know. Uh, Joe Eller, he's watching live for the first time ever. Huh, wow. After five years. Uh, hey, Mark and Dave, best show on the tube. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, Dave, do you know of any Jose or Lee Jackson mods for the Marshall 2210? I just picked one up and love it, but a Lee Jackson or Jose has always been my dream amp. Uh, the 2210, that's the channel switching one, isn't it? Why can I never remember all the, the, the Marshall number names, you know? Uh, yeah, I forget what the 2210 is. Hang on. I think it's the channel switching one. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, well, what you basically have to do with that one is you have to just yank the whole entire circuit board out of it <laughs> and start from scratch. Oh, wow. So it, it's not the standard configuration of, say, a regular JSC made 100 or anything. So in reality, the board needs replacing in it in order to do anything uh, of what you're talking about. Heck, that, that can be done, but, uh, you know, it is time-consuming. Okay. You know, probably just to replace the board, it'll cost you an extra... Three to four hundred dollars on top of whatever the mod cost is. Okay. So you're looking at spending a thousand dollars on the amp, probably. Yeah, it's not worth it. If you get it cheap, it might have been worth it, you know? Mm. Uh all right, let's do the last question here. Uh last super chat. John DeShane. Hey guys, Dave, are your cabs still a long way to get here in Canada? Uh, the cabs are still a little back ordered for sure. They're, the cabs come out slower. Um, yeah, still probably a little ways off. Sorry. Okay. All right. That's too bad. Um, we, uh, so let's see. Um, our next guest, we're lining up. Did you reach out to Dan, by the way? I haven't yet. I will. 
Okay. Yeah. Cause I haven't heard back. So maybe you can try. Um, so that we're working on that. And then we've got some other things that we're working on, but I'm going to be away for a week or this. So we won't have a show for a week. So maybe like in a week or probably like two weeks, we'll have another show, whether it'll be a guest or it'll just be another tone, you know, ask Dave. So I got a message from John Ziegler here. Uh, yo, Dave, hope you're well. I am. And is Jamie still working with you? Yes, he is. He's still here. I hope you're doing good, John. Cool. Thanks, John. And uh, Eric Cow, thanks for the super chat. Love the show. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you. We, we love doing it. We really do. Um, Mark and Dave, uh, I talked to Ola on his Discord. He said he'd be down to do the show. Reach out to him. I did send him an email to what I thought was his email address, unless I got it wrong, from someone who gave me his email address. And uh, um, I haven't heard back. And I didn't hear back. So it could be that I got the wrong email address from someone. So, uh, if Randy, if you could provide me his email address, that would be awesome. Because I'd love to have him on the show. I think it would be funny as shit. Yeah, he's very funny. Hello, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that. He's like, yes. <laughs> we'll have to mimic him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's funny. He's really. Uh, uh, he just had Jen Majeur on his on his. Oh, did he? Yeah. And she gave some good info about how she's been feeling and everything since uh, the Evanescence. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That had to be weird. Yeah, yeah. But she's moving on. So it seems to be doing good. Um. Yeah, and John Shanks is also. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we'll get him shortly. Uh, prob maybe next, even. Yeah, Shanks definitely wants yeah. to do the show. I talked to him a while yeah. back, so Dave has to just hook him up. So, all right, guys. Well, look, we'll see you soon. Have a great week. And, uh, Dave, I'll talk to you soon. All righty. We'll Check see you guys out. later. Yeah, well, I still want John Sykes. Yeah, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd like to have him too. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Have a good one. All right, you guys. See you later.